Welcome to You, But More Powerful. I'm your host, Rhiannon, and this is your go-to podcast for raw and expansive messages from health, fitness, business, and mindset, and as always, with a little bit of fun sprinkled in. My purpose is to help you step into your most powerful self and build your dream life. You'll gain clarity, connection, and confidence with a whole lot of practical skills along the way. I know you're in exactly the right place to level up, build the body, mindset, and life you absolutely love and thrive in. Let's go. Today, you're going to join me for a deep dive into everything that I do within the Glow Up Coaching. But before we get into that, as we know, today's fun fact. Now, this is actually tied to a bit of a inspirational story that I will share later on. So if you are a Disney fan, you'll probably want to stay tuned. But the sorcerer from Fantasia is named Yen Sid, which is actually Disney spelled backwards. I know I'm a little bit mind blown as well. I am an online women's coach for ladies who want to build their bodies and the lifestyle to match. The glutes are popping. They're strong, capable, confident powerhouses. The women that I typically work with are, you know, quite your busy career women, high achievers with those perfectionist tendencies, that, that type A personality. And I really help show them exactly how to stop burning the candle at both ends, overcome the food rules, train with intent and get the results and be completely unapologetic and fearless in their pursuits. So we really start creating a lifestyle that works. Our daily habits are so important. Like If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. And it's truth, right? We want to move away. It's going to be less of putting everyone else first at the detriment of your own body goals and strength results. And it's more overcoming the BS stories of I'm not good enough. It's more hitting PBs. It's more fitting into those old jeans or wearing those sleeveless dresses, all of these things. I help women join the 100 Club, deadlifts for days, baby. We all know that RDLs are my absolute fave. And just be really unafraid to eat more and build their bodies how we accomplish this through the coaching um, with a couple of little strategies and takeaway points for you as well. So the four pillars in the glow up coaching are train, nourish, expansion, and essence. So as they probably allude to, you know, training is covering off on all of your uh, training principles. Nourish is really looking at vitality, health, wellness from inside, nourishing your body with, you know, good food. Um, and I also like tie the nourish to the mindset stuff as well is really just like nourishing your mind, um, speaking with compassion, etc. The expansion is all about growth mindset, expanding yourself, education and essence is really like tying all these together and and living that true with your lifestyle. It, it all matches and works together. It's all you know synergized. So the glow up was created to cultivate a really strong community of powerful women to literally glow from the inside out. And I know that sounds a little cliche, but it is something that I will explain in a a little bit more detail shortly. It's not another eight week challenge that it's a complete overhaul, taking you from overtrained, overwhelmed, tired, the yo-yo dieting, the all or nothing approach to really being the leanest, strongest, most powerful version of you. So you're no longer caught in the cycle of all or nothing, and you actually channel your perfectionist tendencies for good rather than evil. 
And I did actually ask a question on my Instagram story the other day around, you know, how would you describe yourself? And perfectionist was one that really did come through a lot. The women I work with is get them to connect with their values, their goals, really create a vision board. And there is evidence behind these practices as well. Um, But those who do this get the best results. So you go do do the math on that one. And it's not a set and forget. I created this and just kind of like half-assing it. It's something that, you know, I revisit mine every quarter, uh, make sure that, you know, one, I'm on track and two, if there needs to be an update and set new ones, you don't realize once you set these things in here, how quickly you will tick these things off or how achievable certain things are until you see it right in front of you day in, day out, you know why it's an anchor. So when you're feeling lost or you're feeling confused or you're feeling stuck, you can bring yourself back to this place. Um, and I have the same in my personal, in my business, in, in all areas of life. So the philosophy with the glow up is that you can't fail if you never quit. So hopefully the messaging you've picked up throughout episode one was no matter what comes your way, you've got this and you're more than capable. It really means believing in yourself. It means trusting that you've got this. It's belief when the how isn't clear. It's aiming high and not stopping. It's pivoting. It's slowing down, but it's never completely you know, coming to a halt. It's continual growth. It's that willingness to accept failures as opportunity so you can learn the critical skills of adaptation and being incredibly resilient. It means not compromising on your most important values. You walk the walk, you don't just talk the talk, and you do what you said you would. Now, the vision is to have a a healthy, strong, powerful woman who glows on every corner of the globe. May we be them, may we know them, may we raise them. Now, when I refer to glowing, what do I mean by that? I mean radiant, I mean strong, beautiful, confident, sassiness, humbleness, I mean you know, the internals matching the externals, that you're the most aligned, confident, kind, compassion, yet assertive. It's the balance, like your blood works on point, your hormones are in check, you regulate your emotions, you have a really good vagal tone, the yin and the yang are synergized. The hard work that you put in the gym reflects in your physique and the principles and the mindset and lifestyle flow into all areas of your life. It literally impacts yourself and all of those around you. It's being in a really confident state of being. So I know I just hit you with some definitions, but the words that fall under the glow up and what we live by is strength, growth and resilience. So I want to go through and go deeper on some definitions here and the way that I define them within the coaching. Um, And this is, you know, one of my favorite introductory modules in the online portal. So strength, what is strength defined as in the glow up? It is defined as the capacity of an object or substance to withstand great force or pressure. It's the degree to which something is strong or powerful. The ability to do things that need a lot of physical or mental effort to force both physically and mentally. A few other words that kind of spring to mind and fall under this is, you know, things like vigor, vitality, effort, force, all of these things where, you know, it's the physical strength and good health. It's being strong and active. It's having the energy, the power of, you know, continuing life, being present. Um, It's, you know, achieving things, it's attempting to do something, it's influencing the change of, you know, motion or an object or your life. Now, the word growth, 
we define that as the growth of a person, animal or plant. Um, it's a process, process of increasing in size physically and metaphorically. It's personal development consisting of like activities that develop a person's capabilities, behaviors and potential. Other words that fall under this subcategory as well is, you know, development, learning, awareness, self-reflection, belief. It's, you know, progressive acquisition of various skills. It's the acquisition of knowledge through study, experience, being taught. Um, It's perception of a situation. It's looking in the mirror and describing what you see. It's a way of assessing you and acceptance that something exists or is true, especially without proof, that belief. Now, the third word is resilience. So this is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness. It's an ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. Um, It's your ability to withstand adversity and bounce back and grow despite life's downturns. Other words that fall into this category are, you know, perseverance, courage. It's persisting in doing something despite the difficulty or delay in achieving the success. It's the mental or the moral strength to really persevere and, you know, withstand the difficulties. It's having a mission. It's a meaning. It's a purpose. It's that belief in yourself. So these three words really underline and, you know, provide a foundation for everything that we do in the glow up. And I guess using the the term glow up, you know, when I say someone, you know, look at that glow up, you know what we're referring to. So I haven't reinvented the wheel. It's not my words. I don't own them. But it really resonated with me when, you know, really talking about what we're doing here and it's really shifting everything. It's having the physique results. It's having the mindset, the lifestyle. It's nourishing inside out. It's the essence. It's all of these things that I've just spoken to you about. So, you know, when someone is glowing, we kind of know what that is without having to really explain it. And to me, it's, it's not just, it's not completely changing someone glowing up really connects to me because it is like something from inside your internal health and who you are at that deep core projecting outwards and reflecting in, like I said, your physique, your life, et cetera. So The glow up to me really held space for both the passion for beauty and, you know, being the most powerful version of you because it really allowed the space to, you know, with the intent um, to hold photo shoots as part of the coaching. Um, So I do hold or plan to hold two photo shoots a year. Our next one's actually coming up on the 17th of September. So I'm not sure what date it'll be when you're listening to this episode, um, but I do think it will be before then. So the photo shoots are really an empowering experience and this glow up photo shoot, the theme is powerful. And I'm, I'm going to talk to this a little bit because I'm so excited. I actually sat down with one of the girls and created a Pinterest vision board of just all of the things that really scream power to her. And I've done this with a few of the teams. So there's 10 of us um, shooting in Sydney and it's going to be such an incredible day. And what I really love is that powerful means something different to everyone. Like everyone's vision board is so different, so unique, but so them and really stepping into the power. One of the goals is, you know, her vibe is like um, a really classy, like lingerie with, you know, a draping sort of um, gown and, and things like that. And really just very, very like beautiful poses. Another one was this like very bronzed, glowing goddess like with like this huge headpiece and draping all over another one is like you know what powerful meant to her was 
really being vulnerable and this like double denim, like shirt down the middle. It's just, oh, I'm, I'm hope I'm painting a bit of a picture. I can see these images vividly in my head, um, but I'm so excited. So yeah, stay tuned for all of that. But such a vibe. So working towards something, you know, it's like setting those goals. It's having a time sensitive goal is so underrated. One of the best things. So I guess like even with this podcast, it's, it's starting to sort of share in long form, you know, knowledge, learnings, education, good conversations. It's something fun and creative. I'm an enjoyment outlet for myself. So it's really talking here, like the glow up and everything is about dare I say the journey, the process, you know, putting all these things together. I wanted to start this when it wasn't a chore, but having the clear vision of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to help people is what makes this process fun. And, you know, really moving away from that comparison trap and really just coming back to who we are. So anyway, the glow up has a lot more to come and other wings of the business. And I really look forward to creating all of that, but more on that another time. And, you know, one step at a time, as I always say, but I'm If we're really thinking about, you know, what you're going to get within the glow up or what I'm doing here is, you know, you get your personalized training program, you get your custom nutrition approach, but I'm a big believer that you can get this stuff anywhere. Like you can go and do your research and create a plan and try it out and, you know, have a look and go back and forth, whatever. But what a coach offers is, you know, time collapsing. What's taken me 10 years, I try to condense in like all these, you know, quick wins and learnings, but It's also having someone look at things objectively. I don't know how many times I've had, you know, through a check-in to say, oh, I'm feeling, you know, this certain way. And then I really highlight all of the data points, all of the things that we're tracking. And then, you know, I get a message back to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. And it's like, just having that person within, within your corner to really, they're not emotionally invested in your results. And which is why I will always seek out someone to learn from. I was like, yes, I want more, but Outside of all of that, you know, the personalized training, the custom nutrition approach is, yeah, you can get a plan, but I want to ask you how many times has that been successful for you in the long run? If you just got handed a meal plan and go and do these exercises, like I know for me, as I explained before, doing challenge after challenge, it really did not create the, the body, the lifestyle, the mindset, anything that I was, you know, loving and thriving in. And it it potentially sets you up for this kind of binge and restrict lifestyle. You're either on or you're off. And when you're off, it's just horrid. So my premium coaching offers a lot more than that. We really go deeper. It's, you know, weekly check-ins and feedback. It's training video assessments. It's message support. It's the education portal. It's the community group with lives and Q and A's. And We delve into the pillars and I'm going to be expanding on these over the coming episodes with, you know, as I promised, some principles that you can actually apply. So you'll get some things to actually go and do. But when I refer to doing the work, it's the mindset, training and nutrition altogether. The biggest impact I had with my autoimmune condition was my diet, stress management and my mindset. And I'm not going to lie. There were some really tough days like I was losing my hair. I was forgetting what I was doing. My brain was so foggy. I was exhausted. Like I, I have felt tired before and I'm sure everyone can resonate. I see you mums out there, you know, waking up at two o'clock in the morning and doing what you got to do. But the actual fatigue is not something I had experienced until I experienced that. It was, I don't even have the words. Maybe I'll, again, I'll, I'll park that for another episode, but I would have like extremely high anxiety days where I just felt so like debilitating and it was, it was rough, right? 
but the work is looking after my body inside and out. So the food that I ate, how I ate it, the training I do, the recovering, the cultivating the lifestyle, like looking after my mind, having that growth mindset, using mindfulness tools. And I know you're probably, you know, rolling your eyes. I remember I was, I was there in a point too, where, you know, I I mentioned before I'd I'd spoken to a psychologist and we were doing um, CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy. And, you know, they say, oh, mindfulness and take deep breaths. And 10 years ago, I didn't understand the deep breaths and the connecting to your breath and how that all works. And again, we'll expand on all that sort of stuff in another time. But it's like, even though I didn't know how, it's like, all right, I just would always try and dabble in it a little bit more. And I really try and share this with others that what works for one person isn't always going to work for you. If you're listening to this and you're a little bit intrigued, I want you to go and seek out the neuroscience of mindfulness. It's a book and it's going to give you some evidence-based practices, but mindfulness isn't sitting by the moon and meditating with your crystals. If that's what you're into, then go for it. But that's not what it's referring to, right? That may be something that works, but mindfulness is about bringing yourself into the present and connecting like the here and the now. So being mindful about certain things. And you can do this through multiple different ways. It could be journaling, meditation, breath work. It could be listening to some uplifting music. It is very, very different. So again, can't stress the importance of what works for one won't work necessarily for the other. But, you know, doing this work as well, it's tracking the right information. So if we think about it, like what you turn a blind eye to can very much become the things that derail us. So I want you to think about those things that you go, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll deal with that later. I'll just leave that over there in the, you know, in the corner. I won't think about it. And those things, one, can, yeah, com- completely derail us. Or two, they can potentially become this massive thing that we start to fear. Like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I can't go back to doing what I was doing. Or I don't want to look at that. Or I don't want to jump on the scales. Or I don't want to do these things because I'm scared of what's going to happen. And most of the time, we actually create these like false narratives in our mind of, you know, how much more traumatic this experience may be than what it is because we just have turned a blind eye. Um, I think back to it, if, you know, I can give an example of like, you know, going and doing a test, right, at school. If you studied for it, whether, you know, you feel super confident in the learnings or not, if you study for it, you're, you know, aware of certain things, you kind of have a bit of preparation about what's going to happen on the day. You're not going in completely blind. It's the same sort of stuff. It's like if we just, you know, have a little bit of awareness, have that sort of check in with ourselves, that self-reflection, you know, that's that's what successful people are doing. And like we know, success leaves clues. So if we go moving on from that stuff as well is the women that I, I work with typically come to me for a physique or strength result. So mostly physique, but I guess a combination of the two. And these women have often done, you know, challenges or they followed a program off you know, wherever PDF program, Instagram, or their friend wrote it, they had it in their notes. Um, Some have worked with a coach previously, but they've been typically training for sort of that six to 12 months. And they've really hit those plateaus, those newbie gains have worn off. And they know, you know, deep down that another eight week challenge isn't the answer. And um, if you're someone who is, you know, going to the gym in quiet periods that is constantly messing with your sleep cycle, you're, you're always searching for like this next answer, this next this is, this is the, the magic potion and the pill, or you have fears that you, you're going to continue to gain weight. And you're just kind of stuck in this space. It's like you, you blend into the background. You're constantly people pleasing and not yourself. You need to listen to this and, you know, have some takeaways from it to really move you into, you know, the place where, um, 
You eat to build your body. You're not afraid to build muscle. You wear the sleeveless dresses. You're, you no longer are stressed about going to eat out or your friends inviting you out for food or you're not scared to lift heavy, hit PBs, have the food freedom. Like you hardly get sick anymore. Really living into that, like being that person who is just absolutely out there getting the things that they want. And the thing that I absolutely love about all of this stuff is, you know, there's a lot of like shifts in mindset, behaviors, outlook, um, physical self, all of these things. But I really, really love the that every time that we go into a different phase, so every time, say, we go into a fat loss phase, we're going to look better than we did before. We're not just in this constant cycle of like losing weight, gaining it, losing weight, gaining it, kind of going up, down. We spend time like consolidating our body. So if we go through a fat loss phase, we're going to go into a particular maintenance phase. So when there's no rebound, we grow, we train the house down, then, you know, then we can peel back the layers again. So really understanding that it is in phases. We're not supposed to be in this forever state of dieting. Um, and, and that's one of the things I get really excited about shifting away from those food rules and this constant state of a deficit, because like I said, I've been in these positions and it is not fun. So just know that there is another way. And what is true and works for one person isn't going to necessarily work for the others. I have a range of different people that I work with. Um, and like I said, I've you know spoken to you about typical things, but not every person's method is exactly the same. I've got, you know, we might change from certain amount of days to training to different. We might change from one nutrition strategy to another. That's the beautiful thing about having this ongoing support is that it is not just a one size fits all. You must stick to this because life happens like life. Know what's around the corner. So in the glow up, we cover off on things like the fundamentals of nutrition, understanding the 80, 20 rule, how to really nourish your body, understanding protein, carbs, fats, how to fuel our sessions and, you know, why, you know, peri-workout, which is basically just a fancy term for, you know, before, during and after your workout why that nutrition is important and what that kind of looks like. We, you know, learn strategies to be able to flip from phase to phase. So like I mentioned, you're not always supposed to be in a deficit. If you stayed in a fat loss phase forever, you'd end up dead, right? Because you would just be constantly losing weight. So what works in a fat loss phase is going to look a different, little bit different to say a muscle building phase. You know, we need to look for higher volume, lower calorie foods in a fat loss phase and in muscle growth. If we're struggling to get that extra food in, we're going to look for those lower volume, higher calorie foods. Um, so really understanding what our body needs for the actual goal and results that we want. So it's really important that it comes back to the goals and a bit of a, a pet peeve of mine and like never, I always encourage these questions, but it's more so on my end. It's such a complicated answer. It's like, you know, you're at. I don't know, out for dinner or you're meeting someone new and they're like, oh, what do you do for work? Okay, cool. What do I need to eat? And it's like, okay, well, what's your lifestyle like? What do you do for work? What's your goal? Like there's a whole bunch of different things that come into this and really understanding that we can use multiple methods. Like there's not only one way to do things. So some of the team I have using, you know, a tracking app like MyFitnessPal, um, weighing out their food and doing these things. Others might be using the hand portioning method that's quite popularized from Precision Nutrition. So, you know, there's multiple different ways and you might flip from one to the other and especially around certain events and things. I'll talk to that another time. But yeah, really understanding those things as well when it comes to nutrition. If we kind of go into and delve into the training stuff. So it's really learning how to, you know, train with intensity, learning how to self-assess. 
really understanding movement, how to, you know, train with that correct form. Because I, I was shared an example and I, I can't remember where it was from, but someone gave me the example of like, if you're constantly doing a movement incorrectly, right, it's similar to beating a broomstick on a ground. So if you smash the broomstick on the ground one time, it probably won't break. So it might be that, you know, that training that you're doing and you're doing a movement a little bit wrong, might, might not feel it at the time. But if you continue to smash that broomstick on the ground for six weeks straight, sorry, I'm banging the table now if you heard that, it's going to break, right? It's similar to our bodies. So really just like connecting the dots there. We want to get the most bang for buck. So something I do is get the team to review their training block and you know what their commitment level to the days of training is going to look like in this next block, because it really does matter when it comes to programming. Actually, I might dive deeper into the programming stuff on another episode, but it really does come down to, you know, ticking the box, exercise order, depending on, you know, the time that you have to work with. There's a, there's a lot of different variables that come into play. Um, obviously you don't have to worry about that. I can take care of it, but as you guys know, I'm a nerd at heart. So if you always, you know, ever have any questions about it, then slide on in, but it's really important that you have a program specific to your level, your limitations, time you have to train, the equipment you have access to, um, and you can see progress from phase to phase. If you're not confident using a barbell right now, that's cool. We can, re- you know, regress the exercises and progress them to get you super confident under there. And yeah, there's so many different ways. Anyway, I could talk on that for days. But if I give you one example of like really understanding training and the progressive overload is training really needs to adhere to the said principle. So basically it's specific adaptation to impose demands. and Really what that means is the body gets placed under stress. So we train and we stress the body. Our body starts to make adaptations that will allow our body to get better at withstanding that stress that we applied. So when we get this stress again in future, so I'm talking about, you know, muscle stress, etc. So we train, we lift that weight, our body gets better and makes the adaptations to be able to deal with that stress in future. So we need to make sure that we apply more and more stress over time, progressively overloading so that our body continues to get better and better and better. Um, so obviously to get the best bang for buck, we really need to have an exact and deliberate you know, intention behind the exercises, the sets, the rep ranges. So there's a lot that goes into the program, but I really wanted to share you that because the, the said principle is like something that I really believe flows into other areas of life. It's like we can place ourselves into environments. So, you know, placing ourselves into maybe a slightly uncomfortable situation to get better at dealing with it. We learn strategies and tools. We get better. So next time we're in that state, it's fine. It's like skydiving or it's like saying a speech in front of someone. First time you do it, it's probably going to feel horrid. Like I remember, you know, doing this first podcast episode, I was like, oh, I can only get better from here. It's one of those things. Now, if we go back into the training stuff, when it comes to progressive overload, the principle obviously is more over time and progressive overload can happen in a different, you know, a couple of different ways. So again, progressive overload is just doing more over time. So we can increase intensity, we can lift more weight, we can increase our volume, we can do more reps, sets, exercises. There's a whole bunch of different things. Um, but basically, there's a, basically a few ways to do it. We just need to do more over time is, is I guess, the basics of it. Now, when we're talking about training with intensity, this is something that is important and something I see a lot is, you know, being afraid to really like take it to that level is that 
intensity is kind of defined by how close to failure someone's training at. So effort can really be measured using a few different methods. Um, but one that I use within the team is RIR. So that's a rep in reserve. And basically this is a, a way to measure um, how close to failure you're training. And really important that, you know, there's technical failure, there's volitional fatigue. So technical failure is where your skill breaks down. So it means that your form's not quite there, which is why we need to, you know, improve our form over time. And then the volitional is when our muscle is actually at that true failure point. What that looks like is, you know, pausing in position. So you're in that deep squat and you physically can't get up anymore. Like it's, you know, that fatigue, right? So we want to be able to get our body into that place to train to that failure. Um, and any and and basically anything less than three reps left in the tank is a great place to be for muscle stimulus and muscle growth. Terminology, rep in reserve. A great way to understand this is if you're trying to do, say, bicep curls, you've been given an example, um, sorry, if you've been given a rep range of, you know, between 10 and 15 reps. So you pick up a challenging enough weight to get within that rep range and only have two left over. Okay, so a great way to self-assess this is you're going to pick up, say, seven kilos, you're going to do your bicep curls. If you get to 20 and you're still going, that, that weight is way too light for you. You need to step it up. Now, making sure that each time you increase weight, the form shouldn't change. Your form should remain the same. So if the form's off, probably too heavy, or we need to, you know, have a look at some other things that might be going on. But you have a look and you go, okay, the seven kilos was too heavy. I'm going to pick up 10 kilos. Now you do your 10 kilo bicep curls and you get to 10 reps and you stop, right? And you ask yourself, okay, how many more reps could I have done with good form? And if it's more than two or three, you need to keep going. If it's three or less, then we're in a really good spot. And a good program is going to have RIR prescriptions because we don't need to, and I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but we don't need to be training to complete failure every single rep, every single set, every single day. I'll talk to that another time. But basically, that's a bit of an introduction. So we really understand all of these things, how to really train with that intensity, how effort can be you know, assessed, how we build that within ourselves, we get to that point. And again, it's just coming back to learning to stress the body, recover and regulate the principles of apply in life. And, and that's why I feel so passionate about sharing this stuff is because you build the resilience like physically and you build the mindset like mentally, the lifestyle, everything, all the strategies all working together. So if we think about like as an example, some hugely successful people, and this is where I was talking to you before, is like Walt Disney overcame poverty to become like one of the most incredible people, right? With the legacy that he left. So he had to declare bankruptcy. And I'm not sure if you know the story after an unsuccessful attempt at his own, you know, company, um, an animation company. Now, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do this story justice, but just hear me out. The story kind of goes that he declared bankruptcy. He, you know, moved to California. He opened up a new business um, with his brother and it was called Disney Brothers Studio. So that business was successful. However, Universal Studios actually, you know, took over some trademarks and gained some control of some stuff and some of the, um, took some of the animators at, you know, Disney's uh, business. So once again, he had to start over. So this time he, you know, created a new character. Um, it was Mickey Mouse. He created the first animated film to have sound. Um, it was, there was a few other things going on and, you know, it had Mickey and Minnie, obviously who we know today. And um, 
Walt actually performed the voices himself um, for a few of the different characters and the film was a really great success. So he continued to work and created a lot of, you know, new characters, things like Donald Duck, Goofy, all of these had more TV shows, more success. And anyway, always coming up with new ideas, but having a look like at how much adversity, and that's just a very short story. There's obviously a lot more to it, but you know, then creating a theme park and rides and entertainment and based on all of this and really, really like it obviously is a huge success. It's one of the most popular holiday destinations around the world. And yeah, anyway, he won like 22 Academy Awards. He had like 59 nominations. Um, He passed away in 1966, but the legacy of him still lives to this day, like his movies, his theme parks, absolutely everything. And it's really just a big reminder that, you know, these principles that I'm talking about, it's stressing the body, it's getting knocked down, it's overcoming these things. And it's safe to say that he never quit. He got back up and kept going and look what he created. And, you know, thinking about like people that have had I don't know, big trauma, like traumatic experiences or may have had massive accidents and they're told that they're never going to walk again and, and they persevere and show resilience and prove the doctors and things wrong. And if people are doing, doing that, like it's possible for you, for me, for the next person that you see walking on the street, it, it really is. And it just really comes back to you can't fail if you never quit. And that's a good segue, I guess, to talk about the mindset component um, and really the, the essence um, of of who we are. So we go through a comprehensive goal setting and I'm actually going to leave this in the show notes. If you're keen to tackle it, there is a video helping you along the way and it is a huge, oh, a huge eye opener. And I would love for you to give that a crack. And if you have any questions or you need some support with that, please reach out in the DMs. I'd love to, you know, help support you and, and just start pushing you along in this journey. But really cultivating this this space of where you no longer let the fear hold you back. Like you have your goals, you set your expectations, you have your non-negotiables, you exceed them, and then you're on to the next. And it's really getting very clear on the behaviors and the values that we need to live in alignment with to get the results. So coming back to that be, do, have, what is the person who already has these things doing and what do they do? What are their behaviors? How do I, you know, how do I get into that? What do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to continue doing? It's having the laser focus and being able to see the visions clearly, you know, having that vision board, revisiting that on a day-to-day basis. I have mine as my um, screensaver on my computer, my wallpaper on my phone. It's in as many places as possible. I even um, told one of the girls to print it off and put it on her, uh, like, is it a sun visor in your car where you, you know, pull that mirror down, chucking it there. Um, And that's been a huge success for her, but it's really knowing and having you know, actual faith and confidence in knowing exactly what steps you need to take on a day-to-day basis to get you to that long-term goal. And it's really reverse engineering these things, getting that broad vision, stepping it down little bit by little bit, continually building your resilient mindset, building your toolbox full of different strategies and really grounding yourself in this resilient space. And then the last little pillar obviously is around the expansion and essence together is, um, you know, the lifestyle. It's you running the day and not having the day run you. It's really getting, you know, productivity, um, having digital calendars or having prompts and reminders. And actually, you know, as I reflect on this, I've been using a digital calendar for I've at least at least since I was 21. Maybe before that, I can't really remember. Um, I'm not that old. I probably should remember this stuff. But anyway. And I've used that and I've done time blocking. I've used the Pomodoro technique. I, you know, have a whole module or we did a whole workshop on this as well. And 
if you want me to talk to that stuff, uh, you know, let me know and I can pop a little episode on it. But I never really used to think or identify myself as an organized person uh, until I started working in a previous role. And it was just something that I, I, you know, took for granted of, you know, organizing these things and having things planned out. And I'm someone that I love to be spontaneous. I love to just go and have that freedom, fun and adventure. But having all of these, you know, systems and processes in place allows me that space because one thing I don't like is, you know, feeling like, oh, I've got to do this, 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 and then having this chaotic schedule. And it's like, if I can space these out, plan these things out, it just makes life overall so much easier, um, so much more like cruisy, fun. And I like to have, you know, a pretty hectic schedule. Like I like to be you know, busy and doing things, but coming from a different place. And yeah, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Maybe I do need to record a, a podcast episode, but I think back and I am, I think back to my mom and she used to write lists upon lists, like things that say, you know, wake up, go to the toilet, have coffee, like take whatever you've got to have, like, you know, your vitamins, etc. And I used to think, why do you write this stuff down? And I, I always remember, you know, having these conversations growing up and thinking, oh, like, I don't need to do that, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I laugh now because like, it's one of those things you always think, oh no, like, you know, your parents just say these things or do these things. And it's so funny because, you know, obviously my mom was so switched on to the fact that, you know, there's so many things to remember in a day, write down things. Like as humans, we are better at making decisions than remembering things. So take that off your plate, write everything down. Even the things that you think you shouldn't have to write down the amount of stuff that we consume in a day, have a think about how much you're consuming from marketing, from driving in the car, from listening. If you're even listening to this, you're hearing things and you might forget others. So writing these things down, having a morning routine, an afternoon routine, what things look like on a day, week, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis, right? We are better at making decisions than we are remembering things. So take that off and actually get those things done. But kind of more to that than the productivity is, you know, looking at your sleep hygiene, how you recover, the mental fatigue, the stress, the how nutrition supports recovery, hydration, really looking at steps and, you know, not living in a sedentary lifestyle, um, you know, really making sure that we're not at risk of all these, you know, chronic diseases and things like that. And it's like tying all of this together to be the leanest, strongest, most confident version of yourself, basically just being powerful as and it's having that accountability. It's having the support and the objective views. And like I you know, spoke to earlier, pointing out those blind spots and being objective. I, like I said, I don't know how many times I've gotten, you know, I'm feeling fluffy, I'm feeling this or whatever it may be. And then we look at the, the data and there's actually, you know, we're exactly where we need to be. Um, so it's, it's not needing to know it all, um, but you want something that's going to work for you and with you, not against you. And like any relationship, communication is a huge component. Um, and, it, you know, it's really important to me, those that I'm working with, that we have that open communication because it does need to be that two-way street. Now, I wanted to sort of end things on and I actually asked the team if they had to describe to someone what I do, what would they say? And I'm actually going to be, again, really honest and say that I used to find sharing this stuff or positive things about myself, very challenging. So, you know, the triggers and the social conditioning and the things that we receive and things that I spoke to on the earlier podcast around things. So, you know, those things that I held of the type of person who shares good things about themselves about themselves. And obviously on a conscious level, I don't believe that. 
but subconsciously I had that and it had me blocked. And, you know, I've done a lot of shadow work on this and uncovered things and shining a light, but like anything, practice makes it easier and practice makes perfect. So, you know, celebrating wins and sharing nice things is a positive overall. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage the team to do that. And I can't expect the team to do these things that I'm not. So in other words, this is still a little bit uncomfortable for me um, because I feel, you know, highlighting these things, but I'm doing it anyway, because I know the shifts that I want to make and who I want to be and how, where it's coming from and who wrote the rules anyway. That's something I say a lot, like who wrote the rules? And some are actually super funny and also really heartwarming. Um, And I was obviously like filled with a lot of gratitude and love when I read these. But some of the women I've been working with for a short period of time, others in the team has been well over 12 months. So it's really fun to see the variety and, you know, where people are at. But these are a few things that came through about describing what I do. Um, So one person had said, you know, um, you help people achieve their fitness and lifestyle goals. You train in nutrition, help people with mindset is so much more than just being a personal trainer. You're like a personal accountability tracker coach cheerleader lol I was like that's so funny like it sums it all up a few things that came through I had life coach I tell everyone you're my life coach you change lives you're my fitness guardian angel like all of these were quite fun the life coach one is so funny is um one of the girls in particular and I'll have to get her on this podcast um, and do an episode with her but you know just rabbit hole now I'll be here talking so much about all the team we're wrapping things up remembering um, a couple more things were you know personalized cheerleader PT superwoman boss bitch coach helping with all aspects of health and fitness I literally tell people you're my life coach assisting me with health fitness according to what I want to achieve that's a big one um, my personal cheerleader always on my team you help me with my goals and don't push yours onto me and this these all of these things are amazing and this is a huge one I never, ever want someone to do something because they want to impress me. I want to uncover what it is that you truly want and catapult you there. This is your life, your goals, your journey. We're not the same people. And I think if you have had an experience with someone who is projecting what they want out of you or what they can use and what they can do, red flags, like absolute red flags. It should be questions and conversations of like what it is that you want to achieve. And then I also asked, um, you know, how would you describe yourself? And these ones are even better. I absolutely loved it. Someone said, I'm friendly, approachable, determined. I'm a goal seeker. I help others. I'm caring. I'm sparkly AF. I love color and fun. I'm a high achiever. I'm a perfectionist, healthy and simply happy. I'm a mess. Just kidding. I thought that was hilarious. Like I said, we always want to have a little bit of fun. This one's a vibe. I'm a 20 something year old knitting grandma who lifts. And I was like, that I'm, that's amazing. I'm a mum, and I'm trying to expand on this. I know I'm more than that, but struggling with the words. I'm crazy. I lift heavy ass shit. I'm a beauty with a booty. (laughs) I was like, honestly, that was so much fun. Um, so please make sure that you're following the you, but more powerful underscore podcast over on Instagram. There'll also be a link in the notes to stay tuned, but I would love to hear answers um, to you know some of these questions and share them here as well and I am going to do a few um, Q&A style episodes you know later down the track but I think to wrap up today's episode the, the main wrap up and takeaways is going all out for two months and then getting knocked out for sickness for another two months or whatever it may be is not the way to live and it's not the way to get things done in the long run like I have been there I've done that listen to episode one if you you know want a little bit more insight but you're left feeling frustrated you're taking more steps backwards than forwards you're not getting far in the long run um, so having a few off type weeks and I use quotation marks here and there over a 52 week year and never getting knocked for six 
like I'm not saying you never get sick, but obviously diet and everything plays a huge role in immune function, but it's just, yeah, being able to live with vitality, health, wellness, and, you know, just taking a couple of turning the dials down, not completely switching things off and on. So I'll talk to the dial strategy another time, but when we talk about confidence and being powerful, there's always something deeper. So part of stepping into your confidence and your power is saying out loud what you're going after. And this, there really hasn't been a conversation actually where, you know, with my clients that we haven't peeled back layers to really uncover what it is that they truly want. Like most of the time we're acting in fear or fear of failure or fear of not being good enough, but you can be confident right now as you are, like you literally can. And an example I'll use is one of the girls was wanting to wear a crop top. Like one of their goals was to wear a crop top to the gym. And we actually unpacked because I said, you know, you have permission to do that now. So why aren't we already doing that? Yeah. So then it's like looking under that a little bit deeper. What stops is the physique results that she wants to achieve and have that as a reflection from the inside out. So, you know, part of the vision and the catalyst and the momentum of stepping into her confidence, being able to uncover that, like the power in that to be like, you know what, I actually want this and claim it. That's the power. That's the confidence. Another one is, you know, having a mentor or a coach or someone to keep you accountable is one of the most underrated things, in my opinion, and the biggest shifts that I have seen. Like when I back myself and so, you know, backing yourself with investing in someone or learning from someone or whatever it may be, when you toy with the idea of of working with someone in whatever space it is, health, fitness, business, anything, psychology, et cetera. And if you don't follow through on your investment, it's basically a little statement, that subconscious belief that you don't think you're capable But when you follow through with, okay, I'm going to do this and this is who I'm going to, you know, be surrounded with, you put it out there and you back yourself and you tell yourself on that subconscious level that you are capable and you're just needing some guidance on on the how because you're busy or you've got other things to do. And again, there's nuance with everything here. I'm not saying you need to go drop a house deposit on someone, but reflecting on where you back yourself in your life and maybe where you fall fall short and actually hold yourself back, that's a very, very... um, really, really good takeaway self-reflection piece. So I encourage you to look at that. The last couple of quick little ones is don't underestimate the power of how you speak to yourself. Keep leaning into the fear because it definitely pays off. And if any of the above obviously, you know, has resonated with you and you'd like some more information on the glow up coaching or you feel the pull to join the team, then please slide in the DM or hit the link in the show notes to apply. But I'm going to wrap it up here and say, I hope you all have an amazing day and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the You But More Powerful podcast. If you're determined to continue to expand and grow and reach heights you never thought were possible, you'll want to make sure you're subscribed so you'll never miss out on a single episode. If you loved today's, I would absolutely love your feedback and to see you tag at you but more powerful underscore podcast on Instagram. See you guys in the next episode.